0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Cereals Canada CEO, Dean Dias. And up first in today's country comment, I'll be joined by Daryl Dimitrik, Executive Director with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The agri-insurance seeding deadlines for soybeans have been extended starting this year. Daryl Dimitrick is Executive Director of Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers.
1: Depending on the area you're in in the province, your uh, deadline for seeding for full insurance coverage is advancing by two to four days. So in Area 1, you're moving from June 6th to the 8th, and Area 2 and 3 from May 30th to June 4th. So it's uh, providing an extra few days. Uh, to get the crop in, uh, and just to emphasize that these are permanent changes, or or these changes that will be in place uh, going forward for the next couple of years. They are they are not at all changes that are in response to the uh, current uh, delayed seeding conditions that we're witnessing in Manitoba.
0: MPSG was involved in this process. Can you talk about, um, I guess, some of the input that you had, and um, you know, some of the data that that supported the the decision here.
1: Yeah, you know, you have to uh, realize uh, that the dates that had existed um, were put in place at a time when there was limited information on the risk of growing soybeans in Manitoba, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Two things have happened, and those two things generated the data that supported the recent decision uh, on dates. And, and that is, number one, uh, farmers really learned how to grow soybeans in the last uh, 15 or 20 years, uh, and that mitigates a lot of risk. Number two, uh, the varieties that are available in the market today uh, are much more... Uh, they, they have an earlier maturity. They have a more uh, uh, secure... Uh, we, have, we have a more secure idea of uh, of their maturity, uh, and that is partly because... Uh, at Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers, we have been testing varieties extensively every year in our regional crop variety trials. So we've got trials uh, across the province, the entire uh, soybean growing area of the province from one end to the other, usually about 12 trials every year, over 100 varieties in those trials. So between the uh, information that uh, mask itself has accumulated over years of, of growers ensuring their uh, their crops, plus the, the data that we had been collecting within MPSG on our, our variety trials where we measure uh, the maturity of each variety in, in each trial in each region, uh, put that together and it provided the support, the data to support uh, making a decision like this.
0: That was Daryl Dimitrik, Executive Director with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute Farm Credit Canada has created a new offering to attract and recognize Canadian beef producers certified to sustainability standards set by the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Curtis Granger is Director of Lending Products and Sustainability Programs with FCC. So FCC is uh, excited to partner with the CRSB and develop an incentive program for producers. So, uh... FCC customers that are CRSB certified are eligible for an incentive payment for up to $2,000, and that's calculated based on their lending with FCC. And Farm Credit Canada is prepared to work with Manitoba customers concerned about financial hardship due to the flooding caused by torrential rainfall, snowmelt, and waterway ice jams. FCC may consider additional short-term credit options, deferral of principal payments, and other loan payment schedule amendments to reduce the financial pressures on producers affected by the flooding. Customers affected by flooding are encouraged to contact their FCC relationship manager. And the agri-insurance seeding deadlines for soybeans have been extended starting this year. Daryl Dimitrik is Executive Director of Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers.
1: Depending on the area you're in in the province, your deadline for seeding for full insurance coverage is advancing by two to four days. So in Area 1, you're moving from June 6 to the 8th, and Area 2 and 3 from May 30th to June 4th. So it's uh, providing an extra few days uh, to get the crop in. Uh, And just to emphasize that these are permanent changes or or at least changes that will be in place uh, going forward for the next couple of years. They are are not at all changes that are in response to the uh, current uh, delayed seeding conditions that we're witnessing in Manitoba.
0: There will be no changes to premiums as a result of the deadline changes. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knut. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, May 26th. I'm Corey Knut. Coming up today, we'll chat with the CEO of Cereals Canada. Cereals Canada is applauding Health Canada. For publishing new guidance for novel food regulations focused on plant breeding innovation, here's CEO Dean Dias.
2: You know, for us, you know, it, it's um, it's it's a news that we've been looking forward to um, because we wanted some clarity from Health Canada on what this means for gene edited uh, technology. Because in Canada, we don't we don't regulate uh, you know the technology itself; we regulate the end product, right? So when it comes to uh, the, the product and if it has novel traits, um, we didn't know how Health Canada was going to regulate that. And that made it very difficult uh, to provide any input to our breeders and so on. So now that uh, the breeders have an idea on how this is going to be regulated, it kind of gives us an idea on, on future innovation when it comes to plant breeding in the, in the cereal sector.
0: Just talk a bit more about um, how this will help with with exports. So,
2: export wise, we don't know yet. Uh, to be honest, Corey, um, our biggest uh, importance when it comes to these kind of technologies and usage in plant breeding is transparency, and we want to make sure we do not have market access issues. So, when it comes to the cereal sector, you know there is it's it's a very, it, it's used in many traditional products like bread and, and pasta and so on. So th- this only provides clarity to Canadian breeders and, and, and innovation uh, opportunities. Uh, but we have lots more work to do when it comes to market access and, and trade side of things.
0: And, uh, you know, with, with the drought last year, um, you know, farmers were still able to produce a decent crop. Uh, talk about how plant breeding, um, you know, what that means for for farmers when they face conditions like that.
2: And 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 that's and that's the that's the gist of all of this. Is um, this opens up a, a a new game for us, right? Like, so let's just put it this way: it's a new tool in our toolbox that we didn't have previously. So the the previous plant breeding techniques, the conventional plant breeding techniques, um, mm-hmm. were breeding two different plants and hoping we get the best genetic mix to, uh, to create new varieties that could be drought tolerant with higher uh, quality and so on. But now uh, with gene editing, it's a very precise, um, what do you call it, technology where it can make changes to the existing genes uh, that already exist in the plant. And if that can make it uh, better uh, drought tolerant, if it can have better disease resistance, and keep the quality of the of the of the of the of the cereal products the way it is. Um, I think we are looking at um, you know really good technology that can help farmers um, and you know the entire agricultural industry for that matter. Because um, you know drought tolerance, disease resistance, and good agronomical properties is what farmers have been asking for. Uh, and this technology, if it is um, you know given the, the right information to
0: do that, uh, can deliver on that as well. That was Dean Dias. He's the CEO with Cereals Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Agriculture and Agrofood Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agrofood companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. The sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. This weekend, the Miami Agricultural Society is co-hosting its first tractor pull and the annual Miami Mud Bog with the Miami Power Toboggan Club. The tractor pull will take place on Saturday. The mud bog on Sunday. Come out to Miami and experience a weekend full of family fun. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a fence and water solutions workshop June 1st. The cost $30. You can register on the MFGA website. The Canadian Charley Association is holding its AGM June 10th to the 12th in Russell. Visit charlay.com for more details. And the Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August, hours 1 to 4 p.m., Call 204-343-2061 for appointments or for more information. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, we're joined once again by Daryl Dimitrik, Executive Director with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. I asked Daryl for his thoughts on the delay in seeding.
1: There's challenges around every corner this year, and it really depends. Uh, uh, We go farm to farm and we see differences, and it really depends on the drainage profile of your land and what, what area of the province you're in. We've seen, uh, we've seen crops, including soybeans go in, uh, with the current stretch of, you know, relatively nicer weather. I think we're seeing more, but, uh, but it, it's really hard to make a call that applies to everyone generally, other than, you know, everyone is, is delayed. Um, I just want to emphasize with soybeans, um, you know, the dates were moved a few days into, into June, but uh, keep in mind that most other crops are uh, in that June 15 to 20 uh, deadline. With, with soybeans, we're still respecting the fact that they are a, uh, a crop that is a heat-loving crop and, and needs to be seeded in the earlier part of the seeding season. And so even with a, with a June 4 or, or June 8 seeding deadline, you're still um, you know a, a few weeks away from from the deadline to seed other crops. so uh, you know so that respects the the basic biology of of the soybean plant, meaning that it it needs to it needs as much heat as possible to to flourish during the season. so now in the now when everyone's rushing to get the crop in, farmers will make decisions on an individual basis whether they um, whether they take advantage of a clearing in the weather to put soybeans in or whether they feel uh, uh, it's, it's a better decision on their part to, to put other crops in. And really, it's, it's impossible to predict, so we're just going to wait and see uh, what happens. We do know that there's a couple of other uh, factors in the decision. Obviously, high nitrogen prices this year do favour planting a legume. Um, so it, if anyone had been banking... On, on that, they had a field with low residual nitrogen uh, with high, high input prices. They were probably uh, looking at, um, at, at that as a factor, and, and those people may uh, take uh, additional steps to ensure that they do get their soybeans in. Um, others may may not have held that in. They may have secured the price, uh, nitrogen at more favorable prices earlier on. So it really depends where you are. Um, but we're also using the soybean to demonstrate how uh, sustainable uh, cropping can be in Manitoba, and really the the reduction in greenhouse gas emissions that we see with soybeans. If we put it in a mix with other crops, it um, it extends those benefits across all you know three or four years of the rotation. And we think that you know, we're working hard to make sure that 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 crop option is preserved for farmers because it it does demonstrate Um, how uh, making money and being sustainable climate-wise goes hand in hand. And we will want to make sure that the the general public is aware of that as well.
0: For peas, uh, do you expect there'll be less acres there just with the delay Or
1: It's um, that, that very well could be, Um, there'll be another, uh, a couple of factors in that decision as well. We know that there have been peas that have gone in uh, already. Um, Now, the, again, people that have been counting on growing a legume because of high nitrogen prices may have taken additional steps to, to ensure that crop got in the ground. Um, however, the other factor that people are looking at, if it's a particularly wet or if the field that has been chosen for pea production this year is particularly low-lying or, 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 or quite wet, uh, there is an additional risk of, of root rot disease with peas. So people may be factoring that in. Um, things may dry out too. So um, it, it really is hard to say. This is why people go to a balanced rotation and tend to stick with their program no matter what happens. If it's a wet year, if it turns out that this wet cycle continues, then soybeans are a really good crop to grow. They're, they're resilient and add risk management uh, to, to growing crops in a, in a, in a wet year. Um, peas, on the other hand, like it a little drier. So again, depending on the farm, depending on the field, and depending on wh- uh, what the growers' expectations uh, were and what their uh, what their supplies of nitrogen were like, um, it'll depend the, to the extent to which people do move ahead with peas. We've seen a bit of a bump in, in acres in the last few years, and um, it's a good crop. We hope that it we hope that that that, that can be maintained, but um, it's all up to the individual grower and, and their risk profile.
0: That was Daryl Dimitrik, Executive Director with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture and Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation have announced the extension of the Agra Insurance seeding deadlines for soybeans starting this year. The full coverage seeding deadlines for soybeans are now June 8th in Soybean Area 1 and June 4th in Soybean Areas 2 and 3. Changes were made in consultation with Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers. Here's Executive Director Daryl Dimitrik.
1: Two things have happened, and those two things generated the data that supported the recent decision uh, on dates. And and that is, number one, uh, farmers really learned how to grow soybeans in the last uh, 15 or 20 years, and that mitigates a lot of risk. Number two, the varieties that are available in the market today, they have an earlier maturity, We we have a more secure idea of Uh, of their maturity.
0: The changes are permanent and will be part of the insurance contract going forward. There will be no changes to premiums as a result of the deadline changes. And the FCC Sustainability Incentive Program will provide a payment to customers who are certified with the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. The payment will be calculated as a portion of their lending with FCC to a maximum of $2,000 per year. Curtis Granger is Director of Lending Products and Sustainability Programs with Farm Credit Canada. FCC is really excited to to partner with industry-led initiatives that are well-established, and, uh, you know, really there for producers to, to help them on their sustainability journey. And what the CRSB is up to, it's, it's just a great place for SEC to start with an incentive program. And we'll, we'll continue to look for opportunities to partner and support industry-led sustainability initiatives as, as they come up. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.